Hello, this is Annie Catherine, host of the multi-award-winning podcast, Soulful Series. Thank you for joining me as I chat with award-winning authors who have written a memoir or nonfiction motivational book and have an uplifting message to share. Hi, I'm here with Janelle Sarah. She is an author, a freelance writer, and marriage and family therapist in Sonoma, California. She's the author of The Vines We Planted, a finalist in Multicultural Fiction in the American Book Fest in 2018 Best Book Awards. And she co-edited the anthology Heroics, Women's Lived Experience During the Coronavirus. And then we're gonna, we're gonna talk about this today. So welcome, Jonelle. Thank you, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. For a book. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna jump right in. Um, tell us about the book. Uh, well, it's a collection of 52 women's experiences from around the country, all in the early phases of the pandemic. They were collected, um, we had everything in by sometime in June of 2020. So those were those first three to four months. Um, we have, you know, essays are, they're a mixture of stories, uh, short essays, longer ones, you know, they're very diverse in terms of style. Um, and they're from, every, I shouldn't say every state. They're from many states. They're from every area of the country. We have um, writers from all the different sort of big sections of the country and urban and rural and some frontline workers. We have mothers, grandmothers, pregnant women. You know, we really wanted to get uh, a wide, array of experiences of what what was different about being a woman in the pandemic and just how was this sudden shutdown and, and the pandemic hitting women and what were their stories uh, partially for right now and partially for history to have this in recorded wanted to know you how you personally um, came to wanting to write have this collection out there um, well, the other co-editor uh, had already done one book of women's experiences with this publisher, and that is called Fury. Mm -hmm. So that's Amy Roost, um, was the co-editor of that book. And so, and she knew me a little bit from writing, she'd been to one of my writing uh, classes, workshops, I guess. And so she asked if I would be interested in working on a proposal that would have to be turned around very quickly, but we would ask this publisher if they're interested in putting out a book of women's experiences now. Um, it all happened very fast. We wrote it in days. Publisher got right back to us, said, you know, you'd have to have everything collected by this day. You know, it was really like a it was so tight. There was one month when we were collecting essays for the most part, which is very short. Yeah, we had hundreds of essays, um, even in even only having a month. So, you know, really for me, it was kind of an, a gut, yes, let's do this. It wasn't um, <laughs> maybe really well thought out. I think, I think to some degree, I had no idea just how much work it would be. Mm -hmm. um, but if you remember early on how frustrating it was, to be home and not a lot of us not knowing how to help and knowing that other people were going through such difficult things. And I had already had COVID. Um, I was still kind of sick, actually. <laughs> Maybe I had a fever when I said yes, but um, <laughs> so I was, I was still kind of recovering from COVID and, um, but I was really aware of, well, this is something I could do. I, I am a writer. I'm an editor. I'm, 
you know, I lead groups of women who write. And um, so it was an instinctual yes. And then as we wrote the proposal, I got even more clear, like, this is important. We should do this. Someone should do this. So if she had, if the publisher hadn't said yes, I think we would have shopped it around. Mm-hmm. Um, but she grabbed it and was really uh, supportive about working with us on this crazy timeline instead of waiting till everything was done and we sent it to the publisher, which would be more typical. We were approving essays and going back and forth with writers and then we would send them you know, two or three at a time to the publisher. Okay. So she had a chance to read them before we approved everything. And um, so we were all in it pretty deep for those you know, few months last summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer 2020. So it was, for me, it was an instinctual when I've always been in the helping professions of some sort. So it was like ugh, something I can do. Yeah, this is great. And you, <laughs> I'm going through, um, you know, a book process right now. You really pushed this out fast. I mean, this is really unheard of in the industry, how fast you got this done. Yeah, it, it, it was. And I, yeah, I, I had already had one book out, so I knew the more typical timeline, at least for fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when she first said, like, we'd have to get it out um, in 2021, even the whole year, I thought, OK, that's aggressive, but we can do that. And then when she said, let's try to get this out in the winter spring of 2021, I was stunned. And we didn't know if we could, you know, we, we had dates that we didn't know if we'd make. Um, and to be honest, you know, there was, it was tight. So the publisher was calling me from the print setter to say this essay, I thought I got, gave you this feedback and I guess I didn't. And I need this changed before we put it, typeset it. <laughs> so it was Saturday morning at eight, you know, and so I had to track down this writer on the other side of the country and say, I have half an hour to get back to these people. Can we make these changes? You know, and the writer was lovely and said, I wondered if anybody was gonna, you know, tell me to change that. And so it was that tight that our publisher was at the typesetter making changes as we went. Yeah. Um, and the proof needed a lot of changes, which is I don't think typical, but considering how rushed it was, but that was okay. They made every single change we asked for. So, you know, it took everyone being willing, like the writers were. I would send them things at nine at night. And in the morning when I got up, it'd be back in my inbox with the changes. Everyone was pretty motivated to get it out mm-hmm. and to be heard. Yes, yes. So you had mentioned um, there were hundreds of submissions. Do you have an exact number that do you remember or mm-hmm. close ballpark? Sure, I would say over 300. Uh, I don't think it was five, so somewhere in there. Yeah. The only reason I'm not totally clear, most of them came into submittable and then we had some that just came directly to us and we had some that went, people sent them to our publisher who then forwarded them. So I never actually sat and tracked them all, but I do remember being over 300. Mm -hmm. Um, And initially we had thought we'd have 25 to 30. And the only reason we were able to go to the higher number of stories, because we were really you know, agonizing because we wanted these different voices. But then we realized so many of them were short that we could actually include more writers mm-hmm. and impact, and have that impact for the writer. Because partially it was for me, it was about the writers. Uh, I knew this was a very big deal for a lot of them. And even the ones who had quite a bit of it, publishing experience, they were so excited to be part of a project in this horrible time. Yes. 
and I put them all on a Facebook group and we had like orientation, like kind of everyone got to meet each other. We did a fundraiser to pay them at least a little bit. So there was a community rapidly developing. That's great. So, I mean, during this time, you know, that gave people, you know, I, I think as, as a writer, you know, to feel like you belong to something, that you're doing mm -hmm. something good, mm -hmm. you're making a difference, like you had said. Mm -hmm. um, so how many did you end up publishing in the book? 50, I, I want to say 52 plus me is, I think, right. Okay. So I have the, I wrote the foreword. And then there's 52 stories. Okay. And how did you choose which ones over others? Uh, I actually had like a chart <laughs> where I put my dream of what we would get initially, which was all different uh, geographic locations. It was having as many different cultures as possible. It was having somebody with um, either disabilities, health issues, you know, nurses, doctors, you know, initially I really wanted a whole lot of experiences and many of them we hit almost all so you know sometimes I would turn down an essay that was just as good or even better than the ones I accepted mm -hmm. if it if I already had three mothers of adult children and that's what the essay was about because I needed a mother of a child with special needs or a mother you know or somebody who is going through infertility or whatever so I was looking for really diverse experiences mental health issues um people who were uh, involved with advocacy or doing something. Like some of our stories are people who really ended up making hundreds of masks for all these nonprofits all over the place. Um, so we ended up with like stories I wouldn't have thought of, like a woman who wrote about hula and the Hawaiian language and words for the feelings she couldn't quite uh, express. And her cousin who had Down syndrome, I believe, and passed away from COVID. So this was a heartbreaking story and also a beautiful story. And it, you know, I wasn't necessarily saying someone who lost someone to COVID. Like I hadn't put that on my list because I think I was hoping our writers weren't going through that. But it was such a powerful one. And yet she also turned it into this really beautiful cultural story. And so there were some that were came out that I was like, oh, I hadn't thought of that, but wow, what a, and a lot of them ended up being a bit political about their cultural experience, which was great. You know, we were really trying to push the envelope on that a bit. Um, the experience of being an immigrant during this, the experience of being Asian American during this time when there was, you know, so much negativity coming out. Um, we had, you know, I think we ended up with just one doctor, but we had doctors, PhDs, nurses. So it was really like that, like just making sure. I mean, the doctor who we ended up publishing was lovely, but her piece, you know, she's very adamant. I'm not a writer, but she had written this thing and put it on Facebook and Katie Couric's team had seen it, picked it up, put it on their blog, Mm -hmm. At which point someone reached out to us and said, hey, this seems like it would fit right in and she doesn't even have to like edit it. So we reached out to her. So that I think Amy reached out to her and said, you know, would you be interested in putting this in the book? So there were a few that we actually pursued. Yeah. Was so was that the one or the one that I really I mean, I loved all of them, but the <laughs> one where um, I don't know if she was a nurse or but they decided to to play music when they released um, 
a patient who survived COVID. And yeah, I, I think that was Isabel's. I'm pretty sure that was Isabel's. Was that the, the Katie Couric one? Or? Yes. Because yes. I when I was reading that, I was like, wow, this sounds familiar. Like I had seen like, <laughs> You might have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It really got a bit viral and people reached out to us and said, this is really a simple small piece, but it it's very powerful in its own way. It so there was that one. And um you know, friends of friends who were nurses, we'd say, please ask your friends. They don't have to be writers traditionally. If they write their story, we will help them shape it. Mm -hmm. um, so we got some nurses that hadn't had that experience before, but for them, it was really um, empowering to have somewhere mm -hmm. where they had some agency because obviously they were in really difficult situations. Yes, so difficult. So my next question is, um, do you have any backstories or untold stories on specific essays? Uh, well, that was one, that was like Katie Kirk one. Um, yeah, there's quite a few, let's see. Um, the, I think one of the things was that I offered like some free workshops um, if people were thinking about it. And so that's how some of the writers came in. And um, so one of those, for instance, I don't, I think that's how she heard about it. She said, you know, I, I have this piece. She was, she's a, she, she, you, I'm sure you've read the piece. So she lives in Arkansas. She's a black woman with diabetes. So had to go to work every day, no mask mandate. So, you know, that was a lot of stressors, takes care of her mom, you know, so many reasons that this was a really rough time. And yet she was coming home, she came to one of our workshops or something. And so she started sending, and I would just would send back like, well, here's where I think, I mean, it was very, very long. We need to get to here, here. And we went back and forth for days. And for her, it's just, you know, she was the one who wrote back, like I said, like, I just really need to, I want your voice in this book. So it doesn't matter if it takes three more days to get this right. Like, I want your voice. And she in the morning, like, no one's ever said that. That's huge. And then I, of course, was like in tears, you know, because to me, that's something I say to my writers all the time. But she's not, you know, in a traditional writing setting. She's working for the government all day, trying to, like, deal with COVID risk. So that was lovely. And one of the other writers um, had COVID and was in the hospital in New York. She came home and she made a video about, uh, she's uh, lived in Brooklyn. She was living in Brooklyn. She made this little video about like what to do if you get COVID and what her hospital experience was like. She sent me that. And I said, well, that's kind of fascinating, but I can't put it in a book. Yeah. So she started writing pieces down and she'd send it and send another one and say, you didn't answer the first one. So I'm just giving you another one. And then in the end, I finally one night looked at all her pieces and I just put them together and said, you know what? These go together really well. This yeah. is a beautiful piece. You did it. Um, and so she's in there and she writes about the experience of being in the hospital, but then coming home and making herself food for the first time. And in the end, it really ended up being like a food essay about feeding herself and nourishing herself. Um, and she has, you know, since stayed in touch with me about being also post COVID and um, long hauler syndrome and stuff. So a lot of the writers, because of all the events we had, have stayed in touch. And so there was, you know, the writer who was pregnant, two of the writers were pregnant and they both had healthy babies, both doing well. Yes. So it's fun to have seen the uh, progression. Yes, yes. That's wonderful. 
There was a story, I don't know if you read the story about the, the woman who has her son in the group home. Yes. And he, yes, he's an adult, but he has developmental disabilities and he's in a group home. And she's not, she wasn't able to see him for months. It was just so heartbreaking. So she wrote her piece, which was really um, such a poignant story and it touched a lot of readers. I've gotten emails about that story. But one day we were having an event and he came to her house and it was the first time she'd seen him in all those months, but was on Zoom with us when he got to come over. And it was just like, oh, and everybody had read the piece and they got to you know, see Timmy come in. And so, yeah, I think, no, TJ, TJ. So it was, you know, we've had a lot of those moments that are just a step outside the book, but are, you know, really beautiful. Yeah, I, I can't imagine being part of that. Like you got to witness him coming home and meet him. And that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so fun. That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. So um, so what have you heard from readers about the book? A lot of positive things. Um, I've had some book clubs reach out and, you know, I think people thought it would be depressing. And so they were hesitant to pick it up for their book club. And then one person read it, you know, who knew me or knew a writer. And then they were like, oh, I actually laughed and I felt excited. You know, we purposely mixed it up. So there's a lot of happy endings or positive insights. And so readers are surprised about that and that they keep reading. They're like, oh, I thought I'd read a few, but instead I just kept reading. Um, and so, and then I've gone to, I go on Zoom to some of the, you know, we obviously had a bunch of large events that were very well attended. And then I've also Skyped into, uh, or Zoomed into a bunch of book, uh, book clubs. And I think people really feel excited that the stories were collected. They feel like it was, you know, and they also just feel like uh, seen in a way because their stories are there in some way. Mm -hmm. Most of the book clubs I've talked to, they're like, you know, I have a child who has special needs and nobody gets it. Or I, mm -hmm. you know, I was, my husband was a doctor and came in the door and had to take off his clothes in the garage and every single day. And like the fact that one of your writers wrote about that was so, you know, so they feel seen, which was what our goal. That, that's great. That's great. So are there any new developments with the book? Uh, we recently were told that the rights had been... I think bought is a kind of odd word, like, uh, well, maybe bought by um, a company that makes the books into audiobooks. Nice. Um, so rather than our own publisher, which is Regal House, I should make sure to name them. So it's Regal House Publishing, and under that umbrella is Packed Press, which is anthologies, social justice books. So we're under that press. Um, they don't necessarily do the audiobooks themselves, but they've partnered with this other company and they want our book was one of the ones the company asked for so that's exciting that is very um, exciting yeah because I'm always yeah. listening to audios if I'm in the car or you know mm -hmm. tooling around the house doing something so that's perfect I think a lot of people listen to books I think it opens you up to an entire I know it does because when I my novel came out as an audiobook I started hearing from a bunch of people even though it had been a bit since it came out yeah, because they're audiobook people, so they would not ever have picked it out. And it, you know, it's just a different experience, even as a writer to hear your book out loud is fascinating. I hope you have that experience. Um, so, you know, so we'll see who, who we don't know. The writers are all wishing they could read their pieces for the audiobook. 
don't think that's going to happen. I, mean, I have a feeling that's too complicated, but yeah. I think it'll be really fun to listen to. It's, you know, it's made it onto some lists, like a BuzzFeed list of you know books to read this, I think it was this summer. It was on the BuzzFeed list, which was great. It was like 16 indie books to read. Nice. Um, Good. Yeah. So we've had a bunch of those things. Nice people reaching out and doing you know, articles about me in the paper or art and uh, a couple of the other writers came with me for that. So it just seems to keep popping up. It's not like, you know, launches of your big part, but then things keep rolling. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's been very exciting. And a lot of our writers are now in the process of getting published for whatever reason. And so they always name heroics and that kind of brings energy back to it. Wonderful. That is so wonderful. So what do you want readers to take away from heroics? Mm, I think, I think that I want the readers to know that for one thing, that all these stories are important. You know, we've been given a very narrow scope of stories through uh, a lot of media. And I'll leave, leave it there without getting too too political about it, but I think it's been pretty limited what we hear, what we see. And we tried to say, you know, the story, the quiet story of the person who's isolating post-cancer with her parents in the Midwest is just as important as the big story of the person rushing into the ER, that all these stories matter. And so therefore the reader's stories matter. Mm -hmm. um, all of our, and that it isn't about where you live, it's not just the cities and it's just not just New York and California and it's not just uh, well-off people. And it's, you know, mm -hmm. especially I think the stories we really didn't get very much still in the media are folks who can't afford to not go out every single day, right? So people who are working at um, Trader Joe's or in janitorial services or whatever, that they are but their stories have just as much weight in the book as anyone else's. I think that's the takeaway for me is that this is a really complex fabric in this country that doesn't get heard. Mm -hmm. I mean, COVID affects everybody. So these stories are from all walks of life. And that's so mm -hmm. great that you were able to find these writers who are willing to share their stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, so where can we find heroics? Uh, so you can find it almost anywhere. Uh, it's um, on the publisher's site, which again is Regal House Publishing. It's on my website. Uh, you can link my Instagram, my Facebook, all of that. My my actual website is Jonelle Sarah Author. Okay. And there's links to all the places to buy it. You can buy it on Amazon. It's my least favorite. And you can order it at any independent bookstore. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us today and best of luck with the audiobook. Can't wait for that. Thanks for your uh, review. Thanks for having me on today and for all your support of indie writing. Oh, you're welcome. Take care. Right. Take care. We'll be in touch soon. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Soulful Series is hosted by me, Annie Catherine. Soulful Series is a Vienna Studios production Produced by Vanessa Ferlano. Music by Vanessa Ferlano. Catch you next time. Part of the ACAST community.